late night nugget number four. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the read-through of The Pied Piper of Hamelin. Uh, I listened to a little bit of it. Uh, my Irish accent was certainly not on point. Anywho, um, this episode is going to be... seems like all these late-night nuggets are, are uh, religious, although I do talk about religion quite a bit. Anywho, um, I think my next couple of... Uh, Episodes are going to be a little bit more conspiracy theory oriented, but tonight the reason um, that it's going to be about religion is a little bit about, well, it's going to be a little bit about my background and why I'm Catholic. If I haven't said that already, which I'm pretty certain I have quite a few times. Anywho, um, Joe Biggs, who used to work for InfoWars, and I guess might do reports from time to time. Um, I'm, I follow him on Twitter and he said something and this guy is super smart. I mean, he was, he was in the military. Um, I think he's a Marine combat veteran, um, worked at InfoWars and broke quite a few stories over, I don't know, five years, 10 years, maybe he was there for quite some time. Anyway, uh, tonight I saw one of his um, tweets, man, was he, resp- I feel like he was responding to somebody and he said something, oh, it was, uh, Cernovich. And I thought he would have went after Cernovich. If you don't know, Mike Cernovich, who was a big pro-Trumper up until Donald Trump won and then soon after started, uh, shitting on him. Um, and it says some really fucked up shit lately. Um, I started noticing it when Khabib, uh, Nergamagamov, whatever his name is, uh, did what he did and jumped into the crowd at the McGregor fight. And uh, as I've talked before, anybody from Dearborn understands that assimilation is extremely low um, amongst uh, Islam, and that's the type of shit that they do, the ones that don't assimilate. And, um, you know, they, they jump into... Oh, they, I'm sorry, they not they he jumped into a crowd and went shitty and then turned around and blamed it on McGregor, um, insulting his religion and saying things about his religion and then tried to say that McGregor's teammate was calling him a fucking Muslim and this, that, and the other, which never happened. And McGregor never talked shit about his religion. He, it, it was something to do, at least the only part that I can remember, is it was something to do with saying assalamu alaikum. And McGregor was just kind of, he was more so trying to insult how he talks as opposed to what they were saying. Um, anywho, um, so that shit happened. Mike Cernovich went to bat for Khabib with Islam. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like anybody that knows anything about Islam is usually super fucking disgusted with it. And it's history and the fact that Muhammad married a six-year-old. That imam of peace, if you ever see him, I actually follow him. Um, he tried saying that there's, there's, he's, he's still a, he's still Muslim, but he tries to be this supposed peacekeeper and, and saying all the things. Anytime that a Muslim does something bad, even, even the Khabib thing, um, he went after Khabib and he goes after bad Muslims, quote-unquote bad Muslims. 
But then um, he responded by saying, or having a, a question that he put out there of, or no, no, I'm sorry, Jack Posobiec put out a question that said, you know, what age was um, Muhammad's wife? I can't remember the name. Um, and Imam tried coming in and saying, oh, well, she was 18 to 20. Uh, no, he is the only one saying that. And everybody else says six to nine. She was six when, when he married her and nine when he raped her, which it is rape. That is not consensual. She is not even close to the age of consciousness or even close to puberty at that point. Um, fuck, what was, where was I going with that? Shit. Um, anyway, back to Cernovich. Maybe I'll come back to it. Back to Cernovich. Um, oh, he had said something along the lines of the Christians in the United States have allowed the raping of kids. They threw the Covington kids under the bus, uh, which their diocese absolutely threw them under the bus. As I've tried saying here, I tried calling them to, to give them hell and couldn't find the number. I don't know if it was my phone. I haven't tried again since I've been in better in a better signal, but um, he was saying that, and then he turned around to say, that what America needs is moderate Muslims. And so I thought Joe Biggs, everybody's shitting on him now. I mean, Mike Cernovich is all but done. Mike, or, uh, I thought Joe Biggs was going to come in and the shit on him too. You know, like fucking call him out and be like, dude, I'm, I'm pretty much done with you. I'm done with Cernovich. In fact, I had uh, unfollowed him and been done with him right before he put out that tweet. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, this was a couple of days ago, and then he put it out today. So, anyway, um, Biggs didn't do that. He turned around to, to somewhat defend Christianity, but then he said what I've heard, I think, two th or three other times now in my life. Somebody not understanding Catholicism and Christianity. Joe Biggs, like, for as smart as he is, said this ridiculous statement, claim, which is Christians are different from Catholics. What he means to say is, I think, um, Protestants are different than Catholics. At least, I think I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt as well as the three other people that I'd heard. I've actually had a full-out debate with somebody who said Christians are absolutely different from Catholics. Not Protestants, but Christians. And uh, he said that his sister told him that. He was an atheist, mind you. And he's espousing this ridiculous argument. Um, so anyway, back to Joe Biggs. So I, I was like, fucking A. Not, not him too, man. I think what it just comes to show you is most people, well, yeah, most people don't know a lot about a lot, if that makes sense. I mean, he knows a lot, but God, is that missing the point? So this episode is going to be discussing the difference in <laughs> Protestants and, and Catholics and Christianity as a whole. My response to Joe Biggs was, Catholicism is a denomination of Christianity. He was trying to say that it basically... 
there's two differences between Christians and Catholics, and he went into whatever it was that he was saying. It, it wasn't right. Again, Catholicism is a denomination of Christianity. In fact, it was the first denomination of Christianity. It basically engulfs from the time after Jesus rose and ascended into heaven all the way down to um, where we are now. Because Jesus Christ gave the keys to the kingdom of heaven to Peter, not John. John was the one that he loved the most, so basically his best friend was John. However, he didn't give the keys of the kingdom to him, he gave them to Peter. I argue there's something to that, that um, Christ is God, Jesus Christ is God, and he does know um, the future, and he did know that giving the keys to the kingdom of heaven to Peter was the line that he wanted it to follow, if that makes sense. It's not saying that he knew that, and I'm, I know, I'm sure that he does know that there were going to, in fact, there are arguments in the Bible, or uh, in the New Testament that says this, that he prophesied that there were going to be bad things that were going to happen in the Bible. I'm sure Jesus did know that there was going to be bad priests who would abuse children and, and uh, bad things that happened. It's not to say that that was what he intended or that um, he wanted it to happen. Rather, maybe it was worse the other way around. Maybe it wouldn't have lasted as long. Maybe it would have the, the priest abusing children would have happened sooner had he given the keys to the kingdom of heaven to somebody else. That's what I mean. Um, so anyway, Peter was his first successor, essentially the first pope. And then his successor after him the next pope, and so on and so forth. In fact, I got a list right behind me um, at my desk that I'm not going to get right now, but at some point or another, I'll probably put it out. So, Catholicism was the first denomination of Christianity. In fact, there was no other denominations. It was just Catholic Christianity. Catholicism, Catholic, means universal. It means you can be man, woman, you can be any race, you can be from any country, you can speak any language, you can't have other faiths, but you can have any kind of other background, and you can be a Catholic. That's what it means. So it's essentially universal Christianity, as in everybody can come to us. Um, the arguments that I've heard, I mean, some of them are decent, I guess. Others are a little bit more juvenile. But um, the one that I probably get the most about Catholicism is why do you worship Mary and the angels and the saints? And it comes from the vein of prayer. Why do you pray to uh, angels, saints, and um, Mother Mary? Prayer, or to pray, means to speak. I can't remember if it's Latin or Greek, but it means to speak. You're not worshiping. There's something different in worshiping God as opposed to speaking to an angel or Mother Mary or the saints. Um, and we pray to them for their intercession. Basically meaning, when you hear a mother who has a child that's, that's I don't know, addicted to drugs or 
into bad shit or whatever, and they say that they're praying for him and they're asking for other people, or if maybe if you have either asked or heard other people ask for prayers, which I'm sure you have, that's called intercession. They're asking you to intercede for them along with them to God. So if we can do it with one another, why can't we do it with saints who have obviously made it to heaven or angels that are still in heaven or Mother Mary, the mother of God? You see, um, that's that's the difference. Or that's the non What? That's the difference? Yeah, so that's the difference. But when it comes to God, we worship him. Okay, uh, take the Nicene uh, prayer. I believe in God the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day, rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. From thence he shall come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. So in there, I was not worshiping anyone but God, the Holy Trinity. I believe in God the Father, I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. There you go. So that's worship. Um, we also pray the same one that everybody else does, which is the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Worship. Um, Hail Mary. Uh, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. So that part, people might have a problem with, um, because they may see it as worship. Hail Mary being the first part, right? Hail. People tend to think that that means um, worship. It doesn't. The angel Gabriel, when he came to Mary, um, that was the first thing that he said to her. Hail Mary. And then she wondered what kind of a... Um, uh, not response. Sure, why not? She wondered what kind of response that was to her. If an angel, the angel of God that speaks to people, that basically speaks the word of God besides the word of God being Jesus, but basically comes to request others, that's Gabriel. Um, so that was the first thing that he said to her. Hail Mary. So that it can't be evil. Hail Mary, and then, um, oh, Hail Mary, full of grace. That's what he says. Hail Mary, full of grace. So that's his part. And then um, it's actually her cousin Elizabeth that says the next part. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Oh, he says that whole part. My bad. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. And then she says, um, blessed is the fruit of thy, or uh, blessed art thou among women. That's what Elizabeth says. And then blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. She says that. She basically says, "Blessed is the fruit, or uh, blessed art thou among women, and then blessed is the fruit of thy womb." We add, um, "Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus." So we add Jesus at the end of it. So none of that is worship. The rest of that goes, um, "Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus." Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. So basically, we're just asking her to pray for us to her Son, to God. So none of that is worship. And then you have uh, the glory be, which is glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be a world without end. So we're acknowledging his God.
godliness in the beginning, now, and at the end, um, and saying glory be to him. Now, we also say glory to other people, but glory be to God in the worshiping sense. So there's a difference between speaking and worshiping, in which when you worship, yes, you're also going to pray, but you're also going to give yourself over to that. We as Catholics, we, um, in fact, yearly, maybe even by bi-yearly, but I think it's yearly, or biannually. I believe it's yearly that, actually, yeah, it's got to be twice, because I just did it before Christmas. I was in Mass, and we go through this whole questionnaire where the priest asks the entire church, and our response is, I do. And so he'll say, do you reject Satan? I do. Do you believe in God the Father? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son? I do. So we reconfirm that twice a year because we also do it around um, Easter. And I think it's a little bit more drawn out of a questionnaire. So we do that. We have something called confirmation in which we are confirming. We usually do this around teenage years, kind of around the rebellious area, era, and it's when I did it. So we have First Communion in which we take the body and the blood. Oh, that's another thing. Um, and this is more so the, a small difference between Catholics and other denominations is taking the body and the bread. So we look at um, Jesus Jesus at the Last Supper, essentially saying, excuse me, I think it goes a little bit more in depth in, in Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, um, where Jesus talks about people needing to eat his flesh, right? And that he is the living water. Uh, so when it comes down to the Last Supper, we believe that he literally gave himself through the bread. It wasn't a symbol, but through the bread and the wine, as the bread being his body and the wine being his blood, over to others. And he says, um, he says for us to do the same as him. So that's why the priests, uh, every mass gives out the body and the bread. I'm sorry, the body and the, the wine. Um, during the, we call it the Eucharist. Um and a lot of others, a lot of others, um, from what I understand, use grape juice as opposed to wine. Um, I know some non-denominationals that do that too. And then they give out um, wafers as well, I think. Um, no, I, I know for sure that some do. But anyway, so that's a small difference. That's not a massive difference. But obviously, like I said, the... Uh, the one of worshiping saints. So we don't worship saints, we don't worship Mother Mary, and we don't worship uh, angels. We do not worship the Pope. Um, in fact, I just kind of got into it uh, with somebody uh, two days ago about the Pope decrying for um, the Catholic Church that he is the authority and God has to answer to him. That is not correct. It is 100% not correct. The God does not answer to the Pope. However, what he's referring to is actually in the Bible. When Christ gave the keys of the kingdom of heaven to the apostles, obviously with uh, St. Peter, but with the apostles, and also giving them authority, um, and basically in that saying, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So basically saying, I give you the right to... Um, grow and make laws, make laws that are then, um, laws, laws in heaven. So essentially, yes, it is giving the, um, the Pope 
God mode level, if you will. If you've if you've ever played Doom, you know what I'm talking about. However, if you believe in God, if you believe in in the Bible and you follow it as we do, you understand that Christ. And by the way, this has also happened, but that Christ said that the church would never be overcome. The gates of hell will never overcome um, the church. Now, that doesn't mean that it won't be infiltrated, which I 100% believe that the church has been infiltrated. I've talked about this before, about a few different groups, one of them being communist, uh, communist Italians, I think. Maybe it was communist Russians. Um, By another group of gays, and then another, and I'm not saying all gays. I'm saying a group that was um, gay that was attempting to hurt the church. There's a discussion that both the communists and the gays were working together. In fact, the communists came, uh, obtained the gays in order to um, put them in. Anyway, so that's one one argument of or two groups. One argument, I guess. And then there's uh, the other argument that the Freemason Illuminati infiltrated them long ago. This is the one that I know to be true. I believe the other one, um, and I, I don't th- think that they're working at the same time, I know the Illuminati have infiltrated the Catholic Church. Um, by my sources that I have, 100% the Illuminati have infiltrated them. And that was never um, something that Christ was going to prevent you got to understand, when Christ came down, Christ did not come down to tell us how to judge. Um, and really didn't exactly tell us how to run the church, which is why he gave us the rule-making ability within the church. Um, he gave us commandments for the individual. Look at what it says. It doesn't say, say that the community will honor thy mother and thy father doesn't say that at all. Christ did not come down here for the community. He came down for you, specifically you. And what I mean by that is every single human being. He does not look at a crowd and see a crowd. He looks at a crowd and he sees every single human being. This is, this is hard for us individuals to understand because we're human beings. This is a part of the mystery. Christ does not see everyone else when he sees you he looks at you as if you were the only human being you were his only creation that's how he looks at you so christ did not come down here uh to teach us how to govern one another which is why slavery why he didn't condemn slavery he told us to be good he told us how to be good individuals in doing so, that should have prompted us to stop with slavery and to stop with raping and to stop with molesting and to stop murdering and all of those other things. However, people still do all of those things. Why? Free will. You have to understand that God created us for love. That is the meaning of life. If you've been searching for it, if you've always asked, what, but what's the meaning of life? That's it. It's that simple. It's love. God created us to love us and to receive love from us. He doesn't need it. He wanted it. And so, in order for us to love him back, he couldn't just make robots. Because we can make robots to love us, but it's not real. Just like when somebody tries to force somebody else to love them, 
That's not real. You have to have the free will choice to, to love somebody or not. I just saw the other day that somebody was trying to basically, I don't think they were intentionally making an argument for determinism, but they were arguing that you don't have free will because you learn, or I'm sorry, this was free thinking. And, I, and uh, that's right, that's what it was. Anyway, so um, they were essentially making almost an argument for determinism saying that you don't have, you're not able to free think because you get your thoughts from other people. Incorrect. Anyway, so God came down um, not to teach us how to run things, but to um, allow us to make our decisions on our own using free will. And because of that free will, people have taken it and been selfish, and they have uh, committed all sorts of atrocities, raping, molesting, um, fornicating, um, uh, murdering, stealing, lying, all sorts of shit, you know. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm innocent by any means. Hell, you can hear by the way I talk. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm no angel, but um, I mean, it's, it's, and what I would argue for everybody to do is strive for perfection. Are you ever going to reach it? Yeah, you have, a, you have the ability to reach it, but it's not here. It's not going to be in this plane. It's going to be in the next one. That's another thing that I'm going to come into. Purgatory. A lot of people don't understand purgatory. Purgatory is not hell. Purgatory is not limbo. Purgatory is actually a good thing. You don't want to go to purgatory. You want to go straight up to heaven. The way you get there is to be sinless when you die um, or to be a martyr. If you die a martyr, you go right up to heaven. That's not the same as the 72 virgin, virgins and shit like that from Islam. But if you die for Jesus in his name, you go straight to heaven. You're a martyr. Um, if you die sinless, which is basically the moment you step out of confession and you have a heart attack and die, you get to go to heaven. Or, like the majority of us are probably going to have to do, you go to purgatory. The root word of purgatory is purge, which means to cleanse with fire. We have the stain of sin on our soul. And so... Once we pass on from this life, in order to get to heaven, you have to be sinless. So, if you didn't die for Jesus and you didn't die sinless, you have to be cleaned of that stain of sin. And the way to, that God chooses to do it is by fire. Now, I know this sounds horrible. And that's, by the way, where a lot of people get the idea that it's hell, because hell is hellfire and you're in there with brimstone and gnashing of teeth and all those things. But it's not. In fact, the worst day in purgatory is better than the best day here. There's a meaning behind that. Now, I've talked about love before where we're already born with it and human beings have a, an infinite ability to normalize the extraordinary. That's my probably my most favorite unique idea that I've come up with myself. And I came up with that by thinking about it, which is why I challenge people to be big thinkers. You'll impress yourself with the things that you think about. But I have never known anything to be, besides Christ, as true as that statement that I just made. Human beings have an infinite ability to normalize the extraordinary. So we're used to God's love. So we feel it all the time. He made us in His image, each and every individual. 
gave us the skills that we have and the looks that we have. And sure, we, we get real selfish and we all wish that we could look like the beautiful people in Hollywood. But uh, anyway, where am I going with that? Um, so yeah, you got to go through purgatory. And um, again, the worst day there is better than the best day here. You go through purgatory. By the time you're done, the stain of sin has now burned through you and you're done. Oh, here come a couple of arguments. Um, one is in Revelation, it talks about people who cleanse themselves in the blood of the Lamb. This is still going back to what I was talking about is dying sinless. You go through confession, you're forgiven your sins, and then you're sinless until you commit another sin. Faith is not a cure-all. Religion is not a cure-all. Okay? Um, it just isn't. Again, it goes back to the free will thing. God doesn't and never has, not even in any story in the Old Testament, God has never forced somebody to make a decision that without them, he's given them options, but he's never, ever forced somebody to make a decision um, or take over and, and, you know, make their decision for them. Never. And so it's the same way after we have been saved. I do not agree with Jesse Lee Peterson where he says that once you become a Christian, you never sin again. I do not believe that. Uh, Catholicism doesn't either. Now we're going to get into two other things. Why Catholicism and confession? Confession is my number two thing that I get all the time. Besides um, asking why do, I, why do we worship the saints and Mother Mary and angels? Why can't somebody just say they're sorry to God? You can. And there's two types of... Um, and this is another argument, in fact, in the thread that came with the Joe um, Biggs um, uh, part of his thread was, um, shit, what was I saying? God, I hate that. Why can't I just believe in God? Is there a confession? Ah, uh, shit. Oh, they were saying uh, that... Uh, the Pope says that he can forgive his sins, therefore he's God. Jesus Christ in John, it was one of the last, it was one of the last three chapter or three um, paragraphs, I believe. I think, maybe the last three chapters. Anyway, um, after Jesus rose, this is in John, after he rose from the dead and he visited the apostles. So first, um, Mary Magdalene, not Mother Mary, but Mary Magdalene, somebody came to Jesus' tomb, seen the um, the rock was rolled back, looked in, didn't see him, were visited by two angels, or an angel, uh, telling him that, that uh, Jesus wasn't there, telling them that Jesus wasn't there. They ran back to the apostles. Uh, John and Paul came running. John made it there for, first, but didn't go in. Peter then went in. I guess the girls were behind him because when the two apostles went in, they were visited by two angels, but Jesus showed himself to Mary. Anyway, so that happened, and they all went back to where all the, the rest of the apostles were. And then there was uh, two guys walking down the road. I don't believe they were apostles, and Jesus showed himself to them. And then after that, the 10, 11? No, ten remaining apostles were together, and Jesus showed himself to them. God, that was a long, boring story. Sorry about that. Um, but Jesus, 
while he showed himself to the ten because Thomas wasn't there, he showed he was he showed himself to the remaining eleven after that. But when he showed himself to the ten, he said to them that uh, I give you. He basically gave them the authority to forgive sins, uh, to whatever sins you forgive or forgiven, whatever sins you retain or retained. So he gave the authority to the Catholic Church, being the 11, remaining 11, he gave the authority to forgive sins to them. And then they would pass it on because he told, Jesus, told Peter that upon this rock I will build my church. I do not believe that Jesus had the intention of having more than one denomination. I believe he had the intention of creating a church. So when I say the church... In fact, actually, I'm a little more lenient because I come from the South. I come from the Bible Belt. I have a lot of family that's Protestant, and I'm I I uh, would never want to uh, attack Protestantism and uh, or them. And it's not because of them. It's just I wouldn't. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want to attack that idea. Anyway, I don't believe that Jesus intended to have multiple denominations. And in that statement right there, where upon this rock I will build my church, telling that to uh, Peter, which means that he wanted the entire church to exist. And so therefore, he gave his growing, his first members of his church, who would then grow and give that power to successors, he gave uh, the priests the ability to forgive sins. That is not a godlike thing, or a... It, it's not a turning them into God-type things, okay? It's just that they have the authority granted by Jesus to forgive sins. Um, also, uh, John the Baptist, when he was baptizing people in the river, um, I think the River Jordan, he, uh, people there were... were um, confessing their sins so it's not it's not um how should i say this uh jesus gave the authority to forgive sins but it's not the first time that people were confessing their sins to god um bah, 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 bah. so that brings me on to the next the one of the last things which is why catholicism well as i've said i believe it's the first uh, church, or I'm sorry, the first denomination of Christianity, and I don't believe that Jesus intended to have numerous denominations. I think this was all created by God, and the first, in this case, for me anyway, means a great deal, because that's how I became Catholic. It wasn't because my, I mean, my mom did ask me to go to, to Catholicism, but um, it was a reaffirming, a reaffirmation in the Catholic Church in which I looked back at things and I said, okay, am I right? I don't want to be somebody who blindly follows anything. And so then I started to look at all the different churches and I said, all right, the mo to me, what I think would be, if I'm going to be Christian, the best way to do it is to go through the first. What did Jesus want? And that's where Catholicism comes in. And the, it was the first denomination. It was the first um, 
yeah, first denomination, and it wasn't until Martin Luther that you have Protestantism. Actually, that'll bring up another point. Um, so that's why I believe in Catholicism. It was the first, and it was what Jesus wanted in saying, upon this rock I will build my church, and granting um, the church the ability to forgive sins um, and make its own laws, intentionally wanting it to grow. In fact, he would he would say many times that he wanted his church to grow and, and that he wanted them to go out and, and teach. And that's why he sent the 12 in the original um, feeding of the 5,000. He sent the 12 out to basically preach, to have them practice preaching and showing them. And he gave them the authority to exercise demons and um, teach people and things along those lines. And then after that, he sent out... 72 people in couple in, in in twos to go out and do the same thing when he fed the 4000 people the second time so he had practiced having his his church go out and practice growing um so that's why i believe um in catholicism that's why i'm a catholic are there bad things um or bad people i don't think that there's bad things in it and i don't believe that the that uh, the gates of hell have ever overcome the church, but I do acknowledge and recognize, or recognize and acknowledge, that the church has been infiltrated by the Illuminati and by communist gays. Um, that's not to say that all gays are bad. I do not believe that. And I believe modern day now, um, I don't want to say tranny, although I'm sure there, there could be some trannies that make it to heaven. I'm not saying that uh, they can't. But uh, being a tranny certainly doesn't help, just as being gay certainly doesn't help. I think uh, the modern-day version of the tax collectors and prostitutes are, are making it to heaven before you, when he was talking to the Sadducees and Pharisees, um, would be gays and prostitutes. Maybe. I'm just trying to go off of like the mainstream, what would... What would it be translated into? Because the tax collectors were more so... You know what? Strike that. I'll say uh, politician. Meh. Yeah, politicians and gays are making it to heaven before you. And what I mean by you is not you personally who's listening to this, but those that uh, believe that they don't need God. So maybe the uh, atheist intellectual. Um, which is what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were. They believed they didn't need God. They believed in um, the rigid rules of the law of God. They didn't believe in God himself. That's what Jesus was arguing with the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, so, uh, that would be said. But see, the, the only argument I can see against that is that Atheists don't want to go to heaven. However, their argument may be that they want to be God. And I, I think that is what the New Age atheists actually want to do. They want to replace God with themselves. Um, and arguably, they want to replace God with the state. So maybe he was speaking to communists, which are atheists, which tend to be atheists. So the communist atheist he's speaking to, who are wanting to make the state God and make themselves God... Um, would then say that um, politicians and gays are making it to heaven before you. Anyway, 
another argument that tends to come up uh, when people who aren't Catholic, and this is even in the Protestant area, Protestant denominations, um, the thing that tends to come up is anytime non-Catholics talk about Catholic Catholicism, Catholicism, geez, it's with like a conspiracy theorist projecting ill-intended malice mindset to everything done throughout the history of the church. Now, I am no uh, familiar. Uh, wait, what? No, I am no rookie. Goodness. I'm no rookie when it comes to conspiracies and conspiracy theories. There's a massive difference. Nor conspiracy research. There's a difference between all three. However, um, in the conspiracy research realm, many people point at the Catholic Church. Many people point at Jews as a whole. Um, I don't. I know that. Well, obviously I don't because I'm Catholic. Um, I don't when it comes to Jews because I know not all Jews are Zionists in the negative sense. And not, not all Zionists in the negative sense are Jews. Uh, I've talked about this before too, is that there's two types of Zionists. There are the evil rule the world, uh, Jerusalem, I guess from Jerusalem, um, or that all Jews should be in Jerusalem, a Zionist. And then, then there's the Jews are the chosen people of God, originally, and they deserve to have uh, Israel as their home. It's uh, not to say that I want all Jews to go to Israel. However, I think all Jews should visit Israel. I would like to visit Israel. Um... Wait, did I just make my point? That, yeah, I believe that Jews should have a home in Israel or have Israel exist, I guess is what I'm saying. I believe that Israel should exist and that Jews, the Jews are God's chosen people. So I am a Zionist in that sense. I am not a Zionist in the idea that all Jews should rule the world and, and um, um, yeah, or all Jews... Yeah, I'm not a Zionist in the in the bad Illuminati Jews rule the world sense. But I am a, a Zionist in the sense that I believe that Israel should exist and that the Jews are God's people. God, that took forever. Anywho, um, like I said, non-Catholics, when they talk about Catholicism, they go into a conspiracy theory project, projecting ill-intended malice mindset where... Um, Whereas where you're going to have the split when it comes to um, Martin Luther. Well, people, there's two sides to every story. It doesn't mean that Martin Luther was this second savior or a, a low-level savior of the, the Catholic Church. We have over 65,000 denominations of Christianity. Do you know why we need the Catholic Church? Do you know why we need church at all? Explanation, we need teachers, we need priests, we need people to tell us what they have been told so that we can have that knowledge. Here's an example, is the, uh, the prodigal son. If you've ever heard of the prodigal son, if you don't really know it, that's fine. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it. The prodigal son is a uh, 
parable that Jesus talked, or uh, basically a made-up story that he told and with a purpose to teach. Um, so he gave this story, the prodigal son, uh, about a man, a very rich man, that had two sons. Um, and his, I think it was the youngest son decided to tell his father, I want you to give me my inheritance now. If you don't know what that means, and here's a, a good example of why you need people to teach. That's saying to his father, I want you to die. It's not just give me money so I can go and, and have fun. It's give me my inheritance. Give me what you would leave me when you die. I.e., I want you to die. So his father said, okay. Oddly enough, right? But this is a parable. Father gave him the money, and the kid went off. He went to a foreign land. Now, there's a lot of things to understand about this that you're not going to get from your own interpretation of reading the story. I'm stopping to explain these things. You know what? I'll just go through it, and then I'll explain them. So the son went to a foreign land, went through all his money. So he basically went to Las Vegas and spent all his money on gambling, drugs, drinking, and loose prostitutes. Um, and sorry to be chomping, but I, uh, I'm a nicotine fiend, and I need my gum. So anyway, um, he ran out of money. And then he said to himself, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to work for somebody. And he went and worked for somebody in a foreign land. And uh, he basically was feeding uh, slop to pigs. And then he said at one point, I am so hungry and I'm not doing very well, but my father's servants eat, eat really well and they're well taken care of. So what I'll do is I'll go back to my father and I'll tell him, listen, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Um, please take me in as a servant. So the son went back. And from afar off, somebody told his father that his son was coming home. The father, uh, well, so basically this kid had, where he was seen, he had to walk through town. And everybody in the town knew him because they knew his dad, knew him when he grew up. As he walked through this town, these people started throwing shit at him. Uh, rocks and, and uh, basically tell him to fuck off and never come back. And they know what he did and all this, you know, you're a horrible person. Well, the father sees this and he takes off running. And he runs to his son, and he grabs hold of him, basically tells everybody to stop. And then he tells his servant, who was following behind, go get my best robe, go get a ring, put it on his hand, put the robe on him, kill the fattened calf. And so basically, uh, you know, holds him, kisses him, loves him, brings him in. There's a big party. Well, the brother was off working in the field, and he could hear a party going on. And as he came closer, he asked one of the servants what's going on. And the servant said, uh, you're brothers return and your your father wanted to kill the fat calf for him so the brother starts losing his shit as any of us would because we're humans and the father came out and he said son uh why won't you come in and he said because i have done your will this entire time i have never left you i have never said a bad word about you and yet you have never even given me a kid to go slot so it's not a kid like a child it's a kid like a goat um, you've never given me a goat to go and kill and share with my friends, things like that. And the father said to him, uh, you know that I love you and that everything that I have is yours. You've, I, you've had me, all, you've had all of this your whole life, but your brother has come back to us. 
he once was lost and now is found. He once was dead and is now alive. So they basically thought that he was dead and, and now he's back. And that was pretty much the end of it. So now to break it down. He went to a foreign land and spent their money. That was a massive no-no. You have to read the Old Testament to understand what that means. The All the shit that the Jews went through. And they stuck together. And some of them went off and did bad shit. So it was basically an understanding. You don't go. And so it would be like going into another country. I don't know. Ten years ago. Going into another country and burning our flag. You just don't fucking do it. Okay? So that was... There's one thing that you wouldn't hear from other people. Not everybody. I'm sure there's some people that know this. But it's it's also an understanding. This is why we need teachers. Um, he was feeding pigs. He couldn't eat pigs. He's Jewish. Eating pig is not allowed. You can't eat it, anything with a split cat, uh, split hoof. So pigs. You can eat cows. You can eat horses. Although I don't think they do. You can't eat a pig. Uh, I would imagine they can't eat venison either. Anyway. Um... So he's feeding these things that he can't eat because God told him not to. They're slop. This food that he wouldn't even, doesn't really, can't even eat. So he's starving to death. So he gave all of his money to a foreign enemy, basically. He's rock bottom. He goes and he says, all right, I'm going to do this whole spiel. And my dad's going to take me back home. And as he's walking through town, most people know who he is. And they're throwing rocks and telling him to fuck off and all that. Jewish men of a certain uh, class don't run. They do not run. I don't know about now, but back then they did not run. They wore long robes and nice clothes and things like that, and they had a lot of esteem and, and dignity. And his father sacrificed all of that when he saw his son, and he ran back to him, and he wrapped his arms around him, and he loved him, and he kissed him, and he put the best, best clothes on him, put a ring on his finger, the fattened calf is the most special um, delicacy that you have, that a Jew has at that point. There's nothing more. There's like caviar isn't as good. Lobster isn't as good as the fattened calf. He killed it for his son to celebrate because like he told his brother, who was understandably angry, um, that your brother is now alive. We thought he was dead and now he's alive. So the biggest mind blown to that whole thing, well, that whole thing being explained to me finally by the Catholic Church, I had never heard that. I went to a Protestant school for two years, um, even though I was, I was the poorest kid in that school for certain, um, but I went to a Protestant school for two years. Uh, never told me any of that. No one ever told me that. I mean, I've been to Baptist churches, Pentecostal churches, non-denominational churches, uh, I haven't been to Lutheran. I've been to a many a denomination. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, they'd never taught me that. The biggest part to it all, it's not about the sun. Because what we're usually taught is that, uh, at least from Protestant churches that I've been around, is that, that the prodigal son is about the kid, about the child, the son coming back, being redeemed. You know, it's not. It's about the father, not the son. It's about the forgiveness, the love that the father has, that no matter what 
all of these horrible things that this kid did. Wished him dead. Spent money in a foreign land with enemies. You know, came back groveling. Whatever. That father loved him. And he forgave him. And that's how God is with us. And me now as a father, I remember a uh, priest told me in confession, why are you so hard on yourself? He goes, don't you understand? He goes, do you have kids? I go, yeah. He goes, that's it. Would you ever not forgive your kid for anything that they ever did? And I go, I forgive him for anything. And he goes, exactly. That's how God is. That's what that story is about, man. It's about the love of God the Father for us. Sure, you can. that's a good idea, I guess, to, to take the other side of it. But it, that story is about God's love for us and his infinite love for us. And how a father would deal with a kid who was just the worst of the worst. So anyway, that's why we need the Catholic Church. We need its teachings. You know, yeah, we've had bad things happen in it. Sin lies with the, in, the individual. Sin lies with the individual. Okay? Even if the Pope were to declare war against somebody because he just wanted money and power and all that. That's still not, by the way, let me point this out, that's still not the Catholic Church doing it because nowhere in our core teachings does it say to do that. Okay, you have big tradition and then you have little tradition. Big tradition, big T tradition, I'm sorry, big T tradition, lower T tradition. Big T tradition would be like... Um, the Eucharist, it would be like the commandments, okay? Nowhere in that does, nowhere in our core teachings does it say um, to go ahead and declare war for, you know, the Pope's reasoning. I mean, there's limitations to the quote-unquote God-mode power of the Pope. It was meant to grow the church. It was not meant to be used with dictatorial, authoritarian power to um, rule and corrupt and, and do bad things. God is the source of love and of truth and light. He is not the, he is not the source of evil. He would not have given that argument in order to, or I'm sorry, that that authority in order to abuse it and hurt people with it. And understand this, Christ even said, for any of you that hurt uh, one of these little children, it would be better if a millstone were, were wrapped around your neck and for you to be thrown into the sea. As in, it'd be better for you to do some really bad shit for yourself, you know, like toss yourself into a, uh, the blade side of a lawnmower. It'd be better for you not to be born than to have to deal with us, or with me, whatever, the Holy Trinity. Um, oh, I can go into that too. So God has something special set up for those that have abused their power. And by the way, in the Catholic Church, we absolutely believe in differences of sin and levels, okay? Telling a lie is not the same as murdering. And, uh, and, that's, and that's my whole point in all this. In, in all the different denominations, I'm not trying to shit on anyone. I'm trying to explain why we are the way that we are. 
is that interpretation can be a very dangerous thing when you don't have somebody there to teach you what is. Because in a socialistic, atheist, communist government like I have been trying to warn people of, the day will come when being religious, being a Christian, is illegal. Okay? That's basically interpretation. That's subjective. You need something objective. You need something hard. You need an authority in order to teach you. Now, does that open up the opportunity for people to be corrupt and malevolent? Absolutely. We're human beings. Again, faith is not a cure-all. I wish it was, but God will never force our hand. He will never force us to, because, he, because of how important um, free will is. He'll never do it. Oh, shit. I had so many ideas in there I was going to talk about. Um, so anyway. So, oh, and I've talked about this before. I'll talk about it again. But the Crusades, uh, every single time, it's like a conspiracy theory projecting ill-intended uh, malice mindset that people get. When they talk about the church and in the past, um, again, there's two sides of every story. Uh, uh, the whole reason that Martin Luther rebelled and protested was, um, sorry, I'm checking my time. Ooh, shit, this has been a long one. The only reason that he protested, well, not the only reason, he gave 96 reasons, but the main one was um, priests taking money to forgive sins. That's not in the core teachings. Every single one of those priests that did that, the sin lies with them. It does not lie with, it's not the church. The church doesn't teach that. Indulgences. In fact, the indulgences are very, very different. I'm not the best at explaining it, um, but it's actually quite different than what you think it is. Uh, it's really manifested itself into something else over time. But the Crusades were not the Catholics being evil. It was a response to the Catholic Church and Catholic uh, geographical land being taken over and conquered and people being raped and murdered by Muslims coming in. Ask any Muslim. They'll tell you. They won them. Out of the four major crusades, the Muslims won three, and they were the last three. Um, the Inquisition won. Not that many people died compared to what happens in the world today, but yes, people died. It was not the church. The church did not start that, and they did not, um, um, shit, it, it, it was not, they did not kill anybody. Politicians, so if you think politics are bad now, politicians back in those days would bring in somebody and um, really lay it on thick that they were a heretic, and then have the inquisitor ask the questions, Yes, was there the possibility of an inquisitor doing something bad? Sure, again, sin lies with the individual. But that was not the church teaching that. Okay, And there's even some argument when it comes to um, the possibility of papal bulls and uh, some of the ones that I've seen. So anyway, this has been a really long podcast um, or episode. I'll go into it again at another time. You know, fuck it. I'll just add to this one on this next one. If I don't, be accountable, be responsible, and don't be liberal. But I will. Hey, there we go. Right back to it. Uh, let's see. What's the other parts? Man, I'm only going to get five hours of sleep tonight. Anyway. 
Let's see, what's the other parts? Oh, so we were talking about the Inquisition. Um, oh, and then down to Martin Luther. Martin Luther, by the way, this is my argument that I think would actually maybe win out with trying to get Owen Benjamin to get back to being a Catholic, is the best place to be effective is within. And that's my biggest gripe when it comes to Martin Luther and, um, and what he did. You fractured the church. You splintered it, man. When you created the Protestant churches, you fractured the church. And I'm not saying that because I want, to, I want to attack anybody. That's not what I'm doing. If you can understand what I'm saying is that the best way to make changes is by being within the church. As I have said, I am, I, myself, I was molested as a kid. Uh, I know how horrible it is. I have zero um, sympathy, zero empathy, zero anything good for any priest that has ever, any clergy member that has ever abused a child in any way, shape, or form. I want them dead. If I ever see one, I will probably kill them myself. I want them dead. I'm not saying to go kill them. Uh, I'm not committing a call to action. That's not what I'm saying. But I want them dead. I would love for them to have an instant heart attack and die the most sufferable death um, of natural causes. And I have said before, and what I think the church needs to do is to come up with and make their best attempt at getting groups of investigators together within the church um, to work with local authorities on each and every case, find out uh, if a priest actually, or I'm sorry, find out if a clergy member, because they're more than just priests, they're deacons, nuns, bishops, archbishops, um, cardinals, the pope, obviously, um, the lay, and all of all of these classes that I just named, or all these um, levels, whatever the hierarchy I just named, there have been people within them that have done these things. Um, so any cl any clergy member that's ever done this, uh, as well as any clergy member, that, uh, sorry, for any clergy member that's ever abused a child, and then any clergy member that's ever covered it up, they need to be. If they're guilty, there needs to be some type of trial um, because there are, are false accusations. I'll get to that point in a second. But any that are found to be guilty need to be excommunicated from the church um, and then handed over to local authorities to be punished how they see fit. And the same goes with anybody that has committed a false accusation. Now, I don't think they, I don't think they need to die, but um, I'm sorry, I don't... I don't wish death upon them, I should say that. However, I believe that they should be excommunicated and handed over to the local authorities to be done with, dealt with as they see fit. And until that happens, I will be disappointed in those who lead the church, which is different than the church. you got to understand, the Pope, the cardinals, the bishops, the archbishop, <coughs> excuse me, the archbishops, the deacons, priests, uh, nuns, laymen, I'm sorry, not the laymen, all of those categories of the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, uh, of positions of power, or I'm sorry, authority, um, they do not make up the Catholic Church. Okay? 
You have to understand what a priest is. A priest is a sinner picked among sinners to help sinners. And that's all that a cardinal and a bishop and an archbishop and a pope are. They're just widely recognized as something, as a, as a higher form of a priest. Okay? The, uh, the pope is the archbishop of the, um, the Vatican, which is the headquarters of the Catholic Church. Where was I going with that? Um, yeah. So they don't necessarily make up the entire Catholic Church. We do. All of us Catholics, all of us practicing Catholics, we make up the church. We are the church. I'm a knight. What all that means is we together are the church. And if something, if an order is given, how can I get, how can I say this? I, can't, I usually don't explain this very well. And uh, I need to I need to go through it before explaining it, I think. But anyway, I'll try my best. Um, there have been bad popes. Becoming a pope doesn't mean that you are just, you can do whatever you want. Um, and there's a really fucked up um, TV show that, that takes that interpretation of the laws given, um, and the authority granted to the pope. And that would be a show called The Young Pope with... Uh, a guy that I've lost all respect for. Um, fuck, what was his name? I lost respect for him a while ago. He was in this one fucking movie where he was in jail. And the first scene is him getting his dick sucked by uh, a, uh, another dude in prison. And um, sorry, dude. Um, when that's Sorry, not sorry. But when that's your first fucking scene, I don't want to watch your stupid movie anymore. Again, uh, it's not my forte. It's not my um, it's not my preference to see any gay guys do anything together. Um, so if that's the first thing you're going to fucking show me in your film, you're forcing it down my throat. No, thanks. I'm not going to watch your stupid fucking movies anymore. Not Clive Owen. What is his name? Fuck, he's an English guy. Anyway, so he's in the show for, called The Young Pope, and that's essentially what... They're making an argument for it. He's the first American pope in the in the show, and um, he just uses the power of the pope for all of his own fantasies, all of his own selfish measures. So he's not even a he's not a priest. Um, he uses it to have sex and orgies, and he wants to. He he has a dream about um, using the power invested or vested to him through Jesus Christ to. Uh, make abortions legal and or or no longer a sin so basically change the law of god and uh, that's another um basic commandment that christ gave or basically a commandment that christ gave is that not a single letter of the law will be changed before he comes back so that again that limits the power that he granted um to the pope and to the church oh fuck where else was i so, uh, yeah, the Inquisitions are not what you thought they were, uh, not what we were taught. And that's another thing is like in the conspiracy realm or research realm, if we question everything, why, why aren't people questioning those narratives that made it out? If you've ever heard that history is told by the winners, that's a load of shit. 
the Catholic Church, um, Christians, Christianity as a whole, was not the winner for 300, 350 years until, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Ah, Constantine, Emperor Constantine put cr- uh, crosses on his men's, they were, they were facing annihilation at the battle that he was at. And he told his men, he had heard about Christianity, and he told his men, I don't think it was, I think he, he had a friend that was a Christian and he didn't kill him. So Christians were basically persecuted for the first three, four hundred years. Uh, it was illegal to be Christian, um, but he had a Christian friend anyway, and uh, I think, or something along those lines. And so he put crosses on his men's shields, and they won the battle. And he took that as a sign. I think he even prayed right before to say, if you exist, give me a sign. And, he, and then he put all the crosses on the, the things, and they won the battle when they shouldn't have. And so he took that as a sign and became a Christian and then uh, made Christianity the uh, religion of Rome. Now, I am somebody that believes in separation of church and state or else you're going to have shit like the Inquisitions and, and things like that happen. And it's not because of the church and it's not because of religion. It's because of human beings. And this is what humanists don't understand is the human factor, the human factor of want. The human factor fucks us up. Look at what it's done to your own life. Look at, I could tell you a million times what it's done in my life. It fucks us up. We have to wrestle against it, which is one of my arguments of why Christianity is the true religion is because it's different than all the others. And the fact that it goes against humanity's natural instincts. Our natural instinct when somebody hurts us is to retaliate eye for an eye. Christ said, Forgive your enemy. Love your enemy. You don't have to like them, but love them. Pray for them. It's a hard thing for us to do. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, nine people that I pray for. Nine people that have sinned against me, and I have to continuously uh, pray for them. I have to continuously forgive them. Now, the thing about forgiveness is it's not for them. It's for you. It's like a wound, and the more that you look at that wound, the more that you pick at it, it will never heal. And that's what you do when you don't forgive somebody. You're constantly remembering what it is they did to you. And all that's doing is you're picking away at this wound that they caused you. And so the best way to do it is forgive them. Even if you don't forgive them. I know that sounds weird. Just say, God, I forgive them, uh, or please forgive them, and help me to do the same. Just keep doing it every time you think of it. Say that small little prayer. God, please forgive him and help me to do the same. That's all you got to do. Before you know it, it gets easier and easier and easier. It's way easier for me to go, do I forgive this person? Do I hold this sin against him? I forgive him. It's so easy compared to what it was at one point. So anyway, and I've had uh, one of those people is a guy that would text me when my ex-wife would have my son or no, when I would have my son, and he'd text me and say that uh, he misses his son, referring to my son. He'd fuck with me. And he would tell me that uh, when my son grows up, he's going to teach my son to hate me. He's going to teach my son that I'm a piece of shit. I wanted to murder 
this guy. You, I mean, literally, there is no shit talking. Oh, I'm some kind of tough guy. Nothing. No, I wanted to murder him. As certain as I have been about damn near anything, I wanted to murder him. And now I pray for him. Now I ask God to forgive him for that sin that he committed against me, and I forgive him as well. So if I can do that, if I can forgive the person that molested me and has fucked me up my whole life, my whole life, ever since that, that moment happened, I've suffered depression, I've suffered, I fucking, it affects me to this day, and it sucks. But if I can forgive that person of that, if I can forgive the man that tried to fuck with me with my own kid, if I can forgive these people that have, have tried to, have, have hurt me, I think you can forgive too. So, um, where was I in all that? Anyway, so, um, history being told by the winners. Christians were not the winners for the first three to four hundred years until Constantine came along. We were persecuted. We were, they got super creative when killing us. They would, uh, cut our heads off, um, crucify us upside down, boil us alive, feed us to the lions, feed us to the gladiators, um shoot us with arrows. I mean, every single thing that you can do. Crucifixion was a pretty popular thing for a while. Um, beheadings, throwing off of buildings. Um, they, they, yeah, like I said, they got real creative. Um, in some places, the outlawing just meant you'd go to jail. Um, but that's still persecution. And um, it's funny to hear people talk shit now, you know, like people saying, oh, I'm so oppressed or, you know, the, the whole intersectionality and all this bullshit about people being oppressed now. Uh, we don't really understand oppression, you know, until you go to a country that, that people are still being oppressed in. Which, by the way, if you didn't know, there's slaves to this day in countries. Slavery hasn't been ended all over the world. And yet white people are still inherently evil because they participated in it when everybody else did we ended it we start we we started the end to it and i'm not trying to be hey pro-white just like owen benjamin says i'm not pro-white but i'm also not anti-white um anyway so uh so yeah they were persecuted for a pretty good long time most people don't know that most people think that as soon as christ went up to heaven ship was just hunky-dory and we started taking over and the church told people to you know we're going to conquer the world and then we went on and we started trying to conquer muslims no that dude the shit got the stories got way bent out of shape um and sadly within the conspiracy realm it still goes on and i'm like dude don't you guys realize question everything i know that the majority of people that I'm around within the conspiracy realm know that. The majority of people that I listen to know that. Fucking Alex Jones knows that. You know? I mean, I get that this Pope now, I don't know about this Pope. I know that there's also, again, as I question um, everything, I question the reports that are coming back from Rome. Take it like this. Again, this goes back into the idea that you need somebody to teach you something. Alex Jones... Um, who I respect. One, he has never 
wanted to bash Catholics. And I think he understands the difference between the Pope and, and the Church. And that the Pope isn't the Catholic Church and that everybody follows him. He's the vicar of Christ. He's the representation of Christ. Um, because he, he shits on the Pope pretty hard. But he doesn't like to Catholic bash. So he knows that we're all brothers in Christ. And that's my point too. Is that even with Protestant churches, we're all brothers in Christ. I know that there's word out there that um, Protestants were going to hell by by way of the Catholic Church saying that if you're not part of the Catholic Church, then you're hell. Then you're going to hell. No, we believe that you are brothers and brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're a Christian, if you're a Mormon, well, that's not quite the same. Same with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, there's a commandment. Uh, found, I believe, twice. It's in the new, it's in the one of the four canonical books, if not two or three of them, as well as I know it's in Revelations, where Christ says, um, do not add to the law and do not take away from the law. Do not add one word to it and don't take away one word from it. Um, the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses have absolutely done that. These are not small uh, differences. Within, within the denominations. Um, is it the Jeho Jehovah's Witnesses or is it the Mormons? God damn it. I've studied these. One of the two uh, believes that Joseph Smith, man, was it the Moment Mormons? I got the Book of Mormon up, upstairs too. I want, I've been wanting to read through it. I haven't done it yet. Anyway, um, Joseph, John Smith, John Smith found two gold tablets that were from the angel Gabriel. Or, or from God, and um, it just really undermines Christ. Jesus Christ has been whittled down by people who have their own interpretation. I'm not saying it's just um, Protestants, but there's another thing to be said about Protestantism and about interpretation. Why I was saying why you need to be you need to be taught uh, these things is if not, you go on. With your own interpretation, you might think that a parable is literal. You know, that there really was a, a vineyard in which a guy leased it to tenants. And um, and the tenants killed all of his messengers and his son and things like that. And then they were killed by the, the, the landowner. That was a parable um, of the kingdom of heaven, basically. Uh, and in fact, that was a pretty direct one to the Pharisees and Sadducees at that time. But uh, if you have, the, and like I said, there's over 65,000 denominations of Christianity. Dude, I mean, that's just way too many. I think two is too many, personally, but um, as is, which is why I'm Catholic and why I'm, I'm having this. As I'm sure people who are who are uh, Lutheran believe that it, theirs is the right way or whatever it may be. I can only imagine that's why somebody would choose to be a part of whatever church. But the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses, I do not recognize as being a part of Christianity. I think that they have added too much and taken away too much, and they've they've whittled Jesus Christ down from what he was, which was he doesn't need extra. He is God. He had a plan set in place. It's uh, almost completely fulfilled, and the fulfillment will be his second coming. And until then, he doesn't need anything in between. 
He rose from the dead. He crushed death for us. He saved us from our own sin by doing what he did. And now he's going to come back. He, anything in between that, it's, and I know what people would argue, well, what about the, the visions from Mother Mary and things of that nature? None of it changes the law. None of it changes the core teachings of Christianity. Where when you have Mormonism and, Je and Jehovah's Witnesses, and uh, there's another one in there, I can't think of it right now. Um, they add and subtract to the core teachings of Christianity. And there lies in the problem. Um, even the snake handlers, they're not taking anything away from the, the word of God. Are they the Presbyterians, I think? I think it's some Presbyterians or the snake handlers that you've seen in movies and TV shows. No, they exist. There's really those guys. And uh, I'm sure they're very fine people. I will never attend one of their services. Not fucking ever unless they want to end up having all their snakes dead. Because I'll kill every last one of those sons of bitches. Those motherfucking snakes. I wouldn't be able to. No, couldn't do it. Couldn't fucking do it. Couldn't do it. I'd have to set off the... the uh, this is going to be counterintuitive, but I would uh, have to set off the fire alarm, get everybody out of the church, make sure everybody's out of the church, but that the snakes are in it, and then set that bitch on fire. There is no fucking way I'm going to one of those churches. <laughs> God, just thinking of it. Son of a bitch. Uh, another thought. Anything else? Um, so, yeah, uh, they're fine. Again, it's because they don't take away or add anything to the core teaching of Jesus Christ. I mean, a tradition here and there, like I said, gr wine or grape juice, it doesn't matter. You know, or it's not, not that it doesn't matter, but it's not that big of a difference. It's not taking away anything. It's not adding anything. So, and that's where the church stands. I mean, I've read through the catechism once. Um, I've referred to it quite a few times. Um, let's see what else. I know that there's a couple of other ideas that I have. Um, about the kind of conspiracy-minded aspect of, of uh, how people talk about the Catholic Church and its history. Um, here's a point. When it comes to the Bible, um, this was another thing. I said, uh, all right, well, which is the first church? And Catholicism, okay, well, what about the, is there any difference in Bibles? Because I knew that there was, there was a King James, there was a New King James, there was a this and a that. In fact, there's a lot of different ones. There's a St. Joseph edition, which I had been reading for a very long time. And there's a different one to that, which is the St. Ignatius. That's the one that I have now. Because St. Joseph edition, I didn't know this, but the bishops of the Catholic Church came together with the American Protestant Church, or church leaders of churches, and um, developed a Bible through that. I do not recognize that. I do not recognize authority from somebody else's denomination's leader. It's not to say that I don't think that you aren't Christian. I'm not saying that at all. But I do not recognize that. I do not recognize their authority to tell me what's in a Bible in which they're going to take out seven books. And, and they're going to have some kind of an influence on the books and the words um, that we read. I'm not going to recognize that. Uh, and so I take the Ignatius book, which is... Um, from Catholics. And again, I'm not trying to insult anybody, I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but the uh, Catholic Bible, or all other Bibles came from the Catholic Bible. 
we brought the Bible to everyone. In fact, that's um, an argument a lot of atheists like to use is that the Catholic Church had this this power um, in, in being able to read the Bible at a time when most people didn't know how to read. And so they could add anything they wanted. This is, again, the conspiracy theory level that um, plenty of people get to. And that bothers the shit out of me because it's like, why are you always, why is it always a negative? Why in this conspiracy theory is it always a negative? I mean, I guess it's in order to support the idea that the church is negative or is evil or, you know, whatever, whatever person was doing what was evil and, and they saturated it. Well, if they saturated it then, how is the Bible that you have now better? You see what I mean? Um, again, it's, it, these are, the differences in denominations are small things. Um, and I really wish, I mean, if we're all going to come together, if all the leaders are going to come together of all the denominations, get rid of the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons for good in the sense of saying that we don't recognize them. I'm not saying killing anybody. I'm obviously, as I have to keep saying that apparently. Um, what I mean is tell them you don't recognize them. Quit it. Quit fucking pussyfooting around. I can't stand it. I can't stand the turn the other cheek shit. And by the way, turn the other cheek does not mean get the shit kicked out of you. I know he goes a little bit further into it. The whole idea of turn the other cheek is forgive your enemy, like what I was talking about earlier. It doesn't mean keep getting the shit kicked out of you. As that guy was doing that to me, you know what I was doing? Let's fight. Let's have a fist fight. I was telling him straight to his fucking face. Dude, it was bigger than me. I called him out on it. Dude, you're bigger than me. You shouldn't be afraid of me. Fight me. You're going to keep doing this? Let's go have a fight in the street. Right now. I was banging on the front door one day. Because he was uh, teaching my, my son to call him daddy. Or dada. He, my son called me daddy. And then they were teaching him, uh, my son, to call this guy dada. When I heard my son say that, referring to that man, I couldn't control myself. Nor should I. I went up. I knocked on the door. He wouldn't answer. He was right on the other side of it. And I started pounding on it, telling him, let's go out in the street right now. I'm going to beat the shit out of you for teaching my son that. That's my right as a father. And sadly, the laws don't uh, recognize that. I didn't get arrested or anything, but um, and he never came out to fight. He never fought me. Never fought me. He'd he'd have his buddies call me up and stupid shit like that. But that's not... I shouldn't have turned the other cheek. There is a massive difference. Forgiveness, and I know Grace said to forgive um, not seven times, but 70, or 70 times seven times or something like that. Seven, 70 times 77 times. That's how many times you forgive somebody in a day. You have to understand forgiveness. There's two types of forgiveness. There's one, and by the way, in this example that he was giving, um, Peter had asked him, how many times should I forgive my brother if he comes and it's something along the lines of his brother asking for forgiveness. When somebody actually asks you, and again, they have to be contrite of heart. That's the thing about confession too. You don't just go in, and this was an argument that I had with uh, the Joe Biggs guy. Uh, Not Joe Biggs, but one of the guys that I was debating him with is that, oh, uh, one of the guys said, 
the Italian mafia is Catholic and they go to confession and that's how they can get away with all that. No, that's not how that works. You have to be something called contrite of heart. What that means is you actually have to be sorry. You can't go to confession, not be sorry, and be forgiven even if the priest says he forgives you. It doesn't work that way. God isn't going to let you into heaven if you don't believe in him. That's, by the way, that's what Christianity is in a whole. You actually have to forgive him. Oh, and there's another difference. Um, Protestants believe that the only way or the, the only thing that you need to get into heaven is to believe, where Catholics believe that you have to believe and you have to show it in your works. You have to show it in your daily life. You have to do works in order to get in. You can't just believe and then also go around and and um, and sin. I think something that could bring both sides together is the idea that once you believe, and it's something that I haven't, I don't think I've ever heard it, but anyway, once you believe, it tends to cause you to do good works. Okay, again, it's not a cure-all, but it tends to cause you to be a better person because you're called to be a better person. You're called to stop sinning so much. And the, the turning the other cheek, here's another argument to it. Yeah, you only have two. Okay, you slap, get slapped once, all right, turn the other cheek, you get slapped again. It doesn't say turn your cheek again. Don't get the shit kicked out of you. Christ also said, take up a sword in defense of yourself. I brought that up to John Fugel saying, who, um, when he said that Jesus was nonviolent, I said, uh-uh, no, he wasn't. Went into the temple and beat the shit out of some people, chased them out. These weren't just any guys. These were big, strong, tough guys, money changers, which are like money sharks. They come with big, bad bodyguards. And Jesus chased every, every single one of them out of there, turned over their tables, brought in a whip. Do you think he just showed the whip and that was enough? He was whipping people on the back. He was whipping, he was beating the shit out of people. And not just that, there's another time when Christ says, take up your sword in defense of yourself. And another time, so a third time, in which um, he asks, or he basically tells his disciples to go buy swords. You're not going to buy a sword to spread butter on a fucking piece of toast. You buy a sword to engage in a battle, to fight but it's in defense of yourself. That's why killing is bad. It is not thou shall not kill. That is not the commandment. It's thou shall not murder. There is a difference between killing and murdering. A soldier who is ordered to go and kill a soldier from another army is not murdering them. He is killing that person. There is a difference. When somebody breaks into your house and tries to hurt your family and you kill them, you are defending your family. You're defending yourself. That is not murder. Killing somebody without a justifiable reason is murder, i.e. abortion. That's murder. Where, how did I get there? Um, oh, turning the other cheek. So yeah, turning the other cheek is not as literal as some have been taught. I mean, even some people in the Catholic Church believe that same thing. Uh, no. 
listen, if you want to know where I'm getting my information, one, it's years of research. It's years of reading the Bible, um, reading through the, uh, the catechism and years of referring to it. Uh, and not just that, having the spiritual guides that I've had who are priests. I've got one that learned in Rome that has met the Pope and numerous cardinals and arch, uh, archbishops and bishops. Met um, Pope John Paul II. I think he did confession with him, which, by the way, if you don't know, popes or uh, popes go to confession too, which means everybody in the in the hierarchy goes to confession. Nuns and priests and bishops and all of them, they all go to confession. So anyway, um, my my one uh, spiritual guide, who's actually one of my best friends, uh, he learned over there. That's where he went to seminary. Was in the Vatican. He has the direct teaching. He goes around. He's a, a missionary priest. He goes around teaching other priests how to be priests, because guess what? Even in even in Catholicism, people still have uh, interpretations that they shouldn't have, which is why we have a very liberal. Uh, uh, I don't want to say church. There's a lot of liberal churches. Sorry, liberal. Catholic churches, if you can even fucking imagine. See, I was born, or I was raised in the Bible Belt, so I only had one Catholic church every 45 miles. Okay? There was mostly Protestants who were quite conservative. I never, I never thought that a church could be liberal. And it's not that the Catholic church is. But there are some people who, and by the way, we're all human, and this is where it comes from, who take certain interpretations and don't listen to some teachers that taught them some shit, and now you have liberal Catholic churches, which I don't understand how they're not excommunicated by teaching. I mean, there's, te there's priests out in California that teach that uh, abortions are okay under certain circumstances. What? The fuck? Absolutely not. They 100% should be excommunicated on the fucking spot. They should have been excommunicated. And for some reason, they haven't been. Uh, uh, is it DuPaul University in Chicago? Um, they are heavily liberal. They have the most, how's it go, of any institution, they have the most priests, and I think it's around eight a year, that are taken to the Vatican ordered to the Vatican in order to um, stand in front of the, the, man, what is it called? The something of cardinals or the something of bishops. And they have to explain themselves and, and why they're so liberal in teaching the liberal things. And they go through a, uh, um, I guess, a reformation process or they're excommunicated or something along those lines. And it's not the same as covering up... Um, uh, uh, child abuse or scandals like that. It's not, it's, that's not what they're doing. And the church itself does not do it. Again, the sin lies with the individuals. Um, let's see. Another nice little fun idea is to think what would have happened if Martin Luther had never protested? Had he did what I said to do and stayed within the church and made changes in there? This is why I want Owen Benjamin to come back to being Catholic. 
it doesn't mean that we have to. Oh, and, and there was another thing that I was trying to say about the Pope is um, the news, the reports coming back. There was another article written by, it was one of the Pope's friends who never goes in. I've talked about this, who never goes in, never takes notes. And he comes out and this last one um, that he did was saying that the Pope is atheist. That never happened. The Pope never said that. Pope uh, Francis never said that. But this guy is a secular atheist. He's somebody that apparently the Pope is, had befriended, and I know where people's minds go with this. But the absolute, and, and this is the official statement from the Catholic Church, is that that never happened. Okay, had it even been close, the, the Church would have never made an official statement like that. You know, but, um, but these, and again, this is shit that I also go back and I start asking my spiritual guides and, uh, other people that, uh, I go to questions with within the church and find out that the reports that are coming back are full of shit. Oh, the Alex Jones thing. Um, the Pope, while he was here, if you remember a couple years back, about three or four years back, um, the Pope said he came here. And in, I think, a homily, he said that Jesus Christ dying on the cross, humanly speaking, was a failure. And we as Christians know that that's not true. That was not a failure. Well, when Alex Jones got a hold of it, he took it pretty far. And um, if I wasn't Catholic, if I hadn't understood what the Pope was saying, I would have been with him. Now... Do I, is there still an argument against it? Sure. The Pope should have explained himself better. He should have understand that he came to the most saturated country of Protestants that there is. There's no country that has as many Protestants as we do. And he should have understood that and he should have explained what he meant by that. This is a church teaching. In fact, I would argue it's actually any Protestant or Christian Catholic church you can think of, this is an original teaching. What I mean by that and what we understand it to be is that um, the part where he says, humanly speaking, should have been in boldface, should have been in italics, underlined, highlighted, all that shit. Because what that means is not by, by what we understand now, but back then, when Christ died on the cross, look what happened to his apostles. They went, again, they went away thinking that he was actually dead. They didn't even believe. Nobody would believe that Jesus was alive until they saw him. Thomas, his apostle, doubting Thomas, this is where it comes from, um, wasn't there when he showed himself to the ten. And they told Thomas that they saw Jesus and he said, I'm not going to believe until I can stick my finger in his hand imprints from the nails or stick my hand in his side. Jesus showed himself again. And uh, when Thomas was with the ten, and said, here, stick your hand in, in my, in my, or your finger in my hands and put your hand in my side. That's what that meant by him saying that. Jesus dying on the cross, humanly speaking, that those two parts are very important in that whole sentence. Humanly speaking was a failure. However, after he rose from the dead and showed himself to people, 
excuse me, we now understand the victory of Christ through um, going through the the uh, the passion, going through, excuse me, going through the crucifixion. Now we understand better, but before that, humanly speaking, we didn't. We thought it was a failure. He should have uh, explained that better. Um, he should have known his audience somewhat. I mean, I know he was only coming to see the Catholics, but if he's gonna if he's gonna say stuff about Trump, and this is where I start to get, wait a minute, dude, what are you, what are you doing? He is. You got to understand, he's from Argentina, and Argentina is a very um, it's a shithole, quite frankly. There's a lot of toxic, uh, um, fuck, what is it? Garbage, not garbage, toxic uh, pollution all over Argentina from businesses coming down and opening up and dumping out sludge and all sorts of shit in the water and the air and the, and the land. If you want to know why he is so socialist-leaning and things of that nature, it's because of where he comes from. He comes from Argentina. Yes, I've heard the argument that a Jesuit can't be a pope. Um, that's interesting. I haven't looked too much further into that. Again, I just don't know. I just don't know about this guy. There's a lot that I don't like. Um, the socialistic bullshit, the talking about Donald Trump the way that he has and, and mentioning him or at least mentioning what he wants to do, um, especially with the wall. Again, when it comes to the wall, I don't think if, let's say Donald Trump doesn't get it, I don't think it should hurt his, his legacy. However, I want the wall, and you can't talk shit about somebody having a, wanting to have a wall when you have a wall around your entire country, your city-state in, in the Vatican. There's a wall that wraps around the whole entire thing. Um, excuse me? Come again? What the fuck are you talking about? You have a wall. The walls work. The Great Wall of China fucking Mexico has a wall on its southern border. It's not racist. It's not bad. Countries still have walls. Oddly enough, they work. Yes, are they from fucking the barbaric days or whatever? Yeah. And they still work. Or else you tear them the fuck down. So, I have problems with the Pope in, um, in some areas. I, I have some real questions that I would like answered. But again, I'm not going to trust the mainstream media when they come out with shit. Um, they've been proven just like with what they did with the, Cav the Covington boys. Um, and there's a lot of church leaders that are really fucked up. Not all of them. Um, I tend to say a handful of them uh, because when you're talking about two, uh, one billion, by the way, if you don't know the numbers of Christianity in the world and, uh, of around roughly 7 billion people, there's 2.2 billion Christians. We are the largest religion there is. 2.2 billion Christians. 1.2 or 1.3 of that are Catholics. So we are the single largest denomination of a religion in the world. So out of that, a handful is going to be a fuck of a lot. So yeah, there are some bad clergy members, obviously. Um, and I'm not happy with them. I've stated what I would do with them. Um, I've stated what should be done and what the leaders of the church. So when I speak about that and I say the leaders of a church, and, and, and I also mention the church, they are two separate things. Um, are they a part of the church? Yes. Are they the whole church? No. And I, 
I will say that every time. Because uh, they're just, uh, people are just getting too, too, uh, it's like hearsay. Hearsay tends, tends to turn things into something it's not, like the Crusades. And uh, thankfully, there's, I mean, there's a lot of really good Protestants out there. A lot of really, really good Protestants. Again, no group is immune to bad in, in, their, in their group, bad people in their group. However, the overwhelming amount of Protestants and Catholics are good. The overwhelming amount of um, priests are good. And I thought about that when I was at Mass. And uh, also when I was talking to my, I was talking to my, uh, my spiritual guide yesterday, my priest, and um, I was just thinking, man, this guy is so good. He has always been a good man. In fact, he's the one, here's another hearsay, that uh, you can't get divorced in the Catholic Church. Uh, excuse me? Uh, no, you can. In fact, um, he told me to. I told him what was going on when I was with my first wife and shit was going sideways. He was, he was basically the first person I went to. But when I told him the story, he goes, get a divorce. And I go, what? Because I was under the same assumption most other people are when it comes to Catholics and divorce. You don't get one. And uh, to have a priest look at me and go, yeah, get a divorce. Blew my fucking mind. Blew my fucking mind. He told me what was going on. Said, you need to do this. I, I wish I would have listened to him. I mean, given if I could have my daughter and my, my son now and what I have now and push that button, have done what he told me to do when he told me to do it, I'd be in a far better spot. Holy shit. But I kept thinking against it, against it, against it. And then finally when i do it, it'd work out. But my God, I wish I would have. Anyway, um, this has been a long, long podcast. Uh, yeah, almost two hours. Hope you enjoy it. Um kind of run out of ideas. Let's see if there's anything else. Um, oh, uh, I guess I kind of came up with an answer to the question that I asked. What would happen if Martin Luther would have never protested, stayed in the church, and made changes there? I think the church would have probably gotten better by getting rid of the shitty clergy that was doing bad things. Um, however, the Church of England, Henry VIII, would have came along. That was kind of the answer. Um and started Protestantism. If you don't know about King Henry VIII, he was the king of England that uh, wanted, needed a son in order to continue the lineage. And um, he asked the Catholic Church for a divorce from his first wife, who gave him two daughters, and they said no. And so he protested. He uh, went away from the church, started the Church of England so that he could divorce her and then um, married another woman. And I think he went through about five or six wives before one finally gave him a son who was then sickly and ended up dying. The son did. Um, oh, for people who say shit like... Uh, oh, and here's another thing. When it comes to the praying thing, um, think about this too, is that we give authority to God if we're going to use the same arguments of um, praying to saints and asking for their intercession and things of that nature, and the argument that you know Protestants or non-Catholics tend to say is, well, I can just pray to God. Well, why do you give authority to other people? God is the ultimate authority. If you're going to follow that same logic, then that would mean you don't give authority to anyone and only God has authority. See what I mean? 
in that. That's that's there's kind of a difference. There's levels of authority, levels of prayer, and and worship, and not levels of worship, but there's levels of prayer to the point of worship. And we don't worship angels. We don't worship saints or Mother Mary. Um, so, and it also goes in the in the sense of respect, right? Respecting others, respect for others. Why not just give it to God, basically? That's the thing. But anyway, um, so we know the difference with that, with the, with the differences in authority. We know the difference of, oh, I mean, we have compartmentalized authority now. We have uh, enforcers of the law who are the police, um, the FBI, and things like that. And then you have... Um, judges or the constable and you have the government you have lawmakers at least here in the united states um and that's the thing that's really good about the united states too is that we mimic god we make our laws or we we mimic uh god in in the foundation of of this country um whereby our laws are not for a collective they are for the individual and the same with our free market system. Um, it's based off individuals and the output of individuals as opposed to the output of the collective, which would be socialism. That's why socialism's bad. It's because it goes merely for the, um, the collective. And, uh, and we're all equal under the law, but it's not by way of the collective. It's each individual. We have individual rights as opposed to collective rights. Um, and I would argue that that is a very Christian notion. Uh, what do you... Oh, there's another thing too, is um, when people say that they don't, you know, non-Catholics don't pray to saints or anything. They A lot of them acknowledge saints though, and you can only become a saint through Catholicism, although I think there are other denominations that do that too, or try to. We don't recognize them. Um, but most people recognize certain saints, like uh, Saint Michael, uh, Saint Peter, Saint Paul. Um, anyway, what um, what do you do when you're done praying to God? Well, you go on and you do other stuff, right? And you have conversations with other people. Again, pr to pray means to speak. We just add some other people that we talk to that we can't see in this realm, being the the uh, the saints or the uh, angels or Mary asking them to help us out. It's never asking us or asking them um, or giving them worship in order to get something back. It's asking them for their help, basically, which is just like asking somebody that you know to help you, you know, uh, with your flooring in your kitchen or building an extension to your house or something along those lines. Um, it's not a worship. You wouldn't go and worship your friend. You know, or at least I'd hope you wouldn't. Um, and then the other part is, because people kind of struggle with that, with, well, why, why would I go to another person to, to pray for me and ask for their intercession? Do you think God doesn't hear their prayers too? You know what I mean? Like if he created each human soul, each individual, as if they were the only creature he'd ever made, why wouldn't he also hear their prayers if they're asking 
and by the way, I know that most Protestants do this. I see it on Facebook all the time. Pray for me and my family. You'll hear, you'll hear after something bad that happens in the, in the nation, politicians saying we're sending our thoughts and prayers because we intercede for other people. You think God doesn't listen to them? Especially saints and angels maybe listen to them a little more, especially being that they're in heaven. Um, and uh, especially the mother of of Jesus, the mother of God. You don't think that maybe she might have just a little bit more pull than the guy that uh, that's kind of on his way out of having faith, that's constantly asking God for a, a sign and not recognizing the signs when they come. Um, there's a lot, and this might go into a little bit of the, de- the debate points that I'm going to do a podcast on when it comes to... Uh, uh, Jesus Christ's divinity. Um, fuck. I just thought, I just lost my mindset again because I'm thinking of how much time I got left. This is going to be a full two hours. Um, shit, where was I going? On his way out, asking for signs. Asking for signs. It was in there somewhere, my thought process. It was going to go somewhere in the line of uh, people asking God for a sign and not recognizing it. And that's why they don't go along with it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, um, God. The divinity of God. So Christ never says verbatim, I am God. There's a reason behind that. Because in part, would you believe a guy that just came up and started telling you that he was God? The amount of overwhelming proof that Christ gives throughout the four canonical books as well as Paul's book and and what they do and how they do it. I mean, it's also found in the Jews. When the Jews grabbed Jesus and brought him in front of the Sanhedrin um, and he said, uh, they brought up the fact that he blasphemed by forgiving sins. Nobody up until that point ever tried to even come close to saying that they could forgive sins. That's called blasphemy. Why? Because you're setting yourself equal to God. God was the only one that could forgive sins. So if Jesus, before granting somebody the authority, if Jesus is saying that he can forgive sins, not just a sin that you committed against him, but sins committed against your brother or your sister, him saying that was setting himself equal to God. They recognized this because nobody said that type of shit. Because if you did, it was blasphemy. And um, and he said, I mean, there was a whole slew of other things. I mean, even well, in John, um, he outright says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Um, Revelations, I am the beginning and I am the end. Uh, I think it's John or Luke or Mark or maybe both of them, where Christ says, uh, if you've seen the Father, you've seen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Setting himself on an absolute inclusion with God. And this is another thing. Think of yourself. You have a body, you have a mind, and you have a soul. Are any one of those things not you? 
you are all three of those things. If you lose a foot, are you no more of a person? If you lose both legs, if you're a quadriplegic and you have all your, your limbs amputated, are you less of a person? I know the joke that some people might say, but no, you're no less of a person, but you are three in one. You are, your mind is separate from your soul. Your soul is separate from your body and your body is separate from your mind and your body can be separated from your mind. So those are three different parts of you all in the one same, just as God is God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, three in one, just as three as we are three in one. So Jesus saying that. If you see me, you see the Father. No one has seen the Father, but if you see me, you see the Father. That's making himself God. Absolute. Forgiving sins, making himself God. Absolute. And there was a lot of things that the Jews got wrong, and Christ pointed it out. Uh, divorce. Um, Moses gave you the ability to write a paper of divorce for your wife, but according to God, that is not so. For God made man and woman, and they will leave their mother and their father to become one flesh. And what God has put together, no man should put asunder. Meaning, uh, Moses' uh, attempt at giving you that uh, was bullshit. Unless in cases of... Um, false it's basically lying and getting married so if you got married with somebody just to get them a green card or something <clears throat> that's not a real marriage which is why we have the annulment process in in the catholic church it's it's long and drawn out dude they they go and talk to people they it's like a background check where they actually background check your ass you got to give witnesses and all sorts of other crazy shit mine went through one of the fastest ones to go through i think um, I mean, it only took a couple months. Uh, they usually take, they can take anywhere between, I don't know, one and four years um, because of the intensive amount of uh, work that they do to, to make sure that this was a null and void, void marriage. Anywho, I think I went through all my points. Uh made a whole bunch of other points that I didn't know I was going to. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you have a better understanding of what uh, Catholicism is what Christianity and denominations are. Catholics are Christians, just as Protestants are Christians. Um, I believe that an understanding will find peace and we will change far better than the idea of being open-minded or closed-minded. I hate those terms. I'd rather be understanding. And if you can understand, you can change for the truth, for the better. Along those lines... I think a perfect uh, way to be in order to help uh, understand is to be accountable and to be responsible and not be a liberal.